Welcome to WTIP's Outdoor News Podcast. I'm Joe Fredericks. I'm Callie Hawkins. Callie, how are you? I'm doing good. It's the all loon episode. The loon show. The loon feature. Loony hosts. Yeah. uh, (laughs) That's for for sure. (laughs) We've got a lot about Minnesota State Bird. I know. It's exciting. So we've been kind of hinting at it the last few weeks. And so here it is. We're talking loons today. All right. Now, you did some field reporting for this, not just with your audio equipment in the sense of I'm a reporter, I'm a podcast host out here capturing sound. You were actively involved in the loon count for Minnesota. You're going to tell us all about how that process works, why it's done, your experiences and so forth. That's what's coming up in today's episode. But I see you've got some some kind of document in your hand that has I have some loon trivia for you today. Trivia? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I have some did you know facts about loons. Mm, So let's see what we can learn today. Let me get into my thinking space here. All right. All right. First up, how fast do you think loons can fly? um, Sitting in my canoe, fishing, loon goes overhead. That's... Speedometer in hand. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Radar, speed check, 20, 20 miles an hour. Oh, my gosh. They can fly up to 70 miles per hour. 70? Isn't that fast? <laughs> oh, nice. I know. I was Okay, way off. I need to uh, sip a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And the loons do have those red eyes. Why do you think loons have red eyes? Is that because there's like a membrane that helps them so when they go underwater, they can keep their eye open? Close. Close. They actually help them see better underwater. So while they're swimming, okay. they're trying to catch fish. Something in it. I don't know the science behind it, but the reason why they have a red eye is because it helps them see better underwater. Well, okay. I'm getting getting in the groove Okay. Last but not least, did you know that loons cannot walk on land very easily because their legs are located towards the rear of their body? Right. Have you ever seen a a loon walk on land? Well, I just saw some video that somebody posted in central Minnesota or somewhere in Minnesota of a loon like in someone's yard. In their driveway or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I... I guess I'd never really thought of it too much before because I'd never really seen a loon on land. Yeah. But I've seen them sitting on a nest and it was all like wings splayed out and I was kind of freaked out and it was in my solo canoe and got out of there. But I've never seen one walking, I guess, until that video. Yeah. And I never realized it's because of the placement of their legs. legs. It's like farther back on their body compared to other birds. So Mm. they can, they basically need like a running start, kind of like taking off like an airplane would on Mm -hmm. water. And so if you ever watched a loon take off, it, you know, they need a long amount of space mm-hmm. and they run right on top of the water and that, that kind of helps them take off. Jeez. Yeah. For all loon the... trivia for you today. <laughs> well, it's great. Thanks, Kelly. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. Well, how about we head out to learn about the loon count in Minnesota, your experiences and get into the, the heart of today's episode. Loons are an integral part to the Minnesota landscape. If you ask a Minnesotan, or anyone that's visited Minnesota, what their favorite sound is, it most likely will be the sound of a loon call on a lake. I know it certainly is one of mine. There are roughly 12,000 loons in the state of Minnesota. The only state to beat us in loon populations is Alaska. I recently participated in a citizen science program with the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. It was a loon monitoring program that was established in 1994. The overall goal of the DNR Loon Monitoring Program is to count and keep track of loon populations across the state. Weeks prior, I had signed up as a volunteer for the Loon Monitoring Program on the DNR website. 
I chose a familiar lake in Cook County and was excited to contribute to the Valuable Citizen Science program. But before heading into the field to count and monitor loons for the program, I reached out to the Minnesota DNR to speak with Gia Crozier, a non-game wildlife specialist, to learn more about loons and why the Citizen Science Program is so important. So the Minnesota Loon Monitoring Program is a citizen science program. Um, it was started in 1994 to try, try to keep track of how loons were doing in Minnesota. Um, you know, are we having essentially the same number of loons each year? Are they reproducing well? You know, start looking at more of those long-term trends. And so we set up the program so that there are 600 lakes within the state that are monitored each year using volunteers. And we go to those same lakes year after year. And, um, you know, this is less about looking at a trend in a specific year, but more looking at that long-term trend over the decades. How are, how are loons doing in the state? Um, they're a, a great species to use as an indicator of healthy lakes. Um, they need clean, clear water to catch food. Um, they're sensitive to contaminants like mercury and lead, and you need a healthy fish population to sustain loons. So they're really a great um, you know, warning sign as if there might be a problem with, with a lake. So each of our regions has 100 lakes that are surveyed, and then we have six regions. So there's the Cook Lake region, then we also have one in Itasca County. We have one that spans across Aiken and Crow Wing counties. And then down in the south, we have uh, ones in Becker County, Candioa County, and Ottertail. Some of the hundred lakes included within our region of Cook and Lake Counties are East and West Twin, Two Island, Cascade, Crescent, Pike, and Caribou. Each year, these lakes, along with many, many others, are surveyed by volunteers and the DNR. Gia Crozier shares some insights into loon populations in Cook County. So currently our most current report is on our website from 2020. And from that report, we did find that the number of loons statewide is stable. And then that's also broken out into each of these index areas. So for Cook Lake County, we find that about 60% of the lakes that we're monitoring are occupied by loons each year. There's typically about one loon per 100 acres of lake. And um, number of chicks really, as you can expect, it can be quite variable over the years. It's really very dependent on weather conditions and predators and prey. And, and so it, you know, it's a little bit harder to find um, kind of an average for number of chicks, but it appears that we're still producing about one chick per um, pair of loons. The DNR would have a tough time conducting loon monitoring programs on all 600 lakes in Minnesota by themselves. Thankfully, there have been a dedicated group of volunteers who are involved with the program each year. And even a few that have been doing it since 1994, for nearly 30 years. So yes, volunteers are absolutely critical for this program. We, there's no way that the non-game wildlife program here would ever be able to monitor 600 lakes. So we are just incredibly appreciative of the time that volunteers give us. So there are about 400 volunteers statewide that um, contribute their time. Many of those volunteers have done this for since the conception of the program in 1994. Um, and we are always looking for more volunteers. We usually have some lakes that we go unclaimed, go unfilled each year, and then we try to do those within the DNR staff, try to do those as much as possible, but we still can't make it to all of them. It's 
fantastic the amount of time that volunteers are willing to contribute. And in addition to the information that we get on loons, um, they're counting the number of adults and the number of chicks on each lake, but they also give us information on other things such as the location of eagle's nests, which um, you know is great information for us to be able to then protect those nests with buffers. Uh, we ha- get reports of the location of uh, like a great blue heron colonies that we didn't know about. So there's some really good information that we get in addition to loons from volunteers. It would never be possible for us to do this, so it's just incredibly fantastic that these volunteers contribute their time like this. So I wanted to experience this valuable citizen science program. And after speaking with Gia Crozier, I felt I had a better understanding of the program and was ready to head into the field. And I'll be honest, it didn't sound like the worst way to spend a morning. I loaded up the canoe and went paddling in search of loons. And I brought along a loon calling expert, just for safe measure, my 10-year-old niece. One more time. How did you learn how to loon call? I don't know. (laughs) We paddled around the lake I had signed us up to monitor. The lake was calm and deep blue. The sun warmed our faces. The birds played a soft morning melody in the background as we paddled around the small nooks and crannies of the lake. We kept the binoculars handy. And it wasn't too long before we saw our first loon and shortly after, a second. What else do you see? Hmm. There's still a bug. No, every little green thing and then five green next to We spent the entire morning exploring the lake. Our established monitoring hours were 5 a.m. to noon, so we had plenty of time to paddle around and enjoy the day. We also came across an eagle's nest and made sure to mark the location on our map and include it in our volunteer paperwork that we would turn into the DNR. Overall, while paddling the lake for our citizen science project, we saw two loons, an eagle's nest, and even two deer, a doe and her fawn, wading in the shallow waters. I am already looking forward to signing up again next year for the loon monitoring program in July. And for all the volunteers this year who participated in the loon monitoring program, Gia Crozier and the DNR thank you for all of your commitment to the citizen science project. If you're interested in getting involved next year, you can sign up on the DNR website. Reporting from my canoe, this is Callie Hawkins. Nice report, Callie. Very cool, informative. And I saw you and your niece when you came back from the loon count that day and you were both glowing. You were, it was clear. It was a like fun you day. Had, yeah. yeah. And she even uh, shared her loon call with you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> she did in yeah. front of a, a couple anglers who were here yeah. from the Gunflint Trail. And she was all just kind of proud, not hesitant, shy at all. So, so there's a fisherman's picnic. They have the loon calling contest coming up, not yes. this weekend, but next weekend. And so I'm trying to make sure that she's going to enter in and do the loon calling contest. So hey, fingers well. crossed. We'll see if she wins. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks a lot for getting out there, Kelly. And thanks for as a Minnesota resident, uh, just for being involved in the loon count. Yeah, too. it was it's a really, fun one. Really Glad cool. I did it. All right. Are you going to try that again? I think so. I think I'm going to have to sign up again next year. Okay. Well, uh, 
We also have other information about loons on our website uh, for just the regular radio station, WTIP.org. So you can find all kinds of other stories that we've done in years past about loons. But this is uh, really great to have some on-the-field reporting about the loon count. And uh, next week on the podcast, Callie, we're planning to head back out with some of the people from the DNR on that same boat that you and I were on for All the for, fun. for the Lake Trout <laughs> uh, assessment survey. This is a different thing. This this time there's going to be some scuba divers involved. So nice. that's your only clue for what's coming up next. <laughs> so stay tuned. <laughs>